You're listening to The Sparty Cast. Hello, everyone. I am very excited here to have Dr. Stephanie Boussin, uh, the CZ Paris-Nanterre Research Director. I'm <laughs> trying my at least French accent from five years of French in high school. But Stephanie, it's so nice to have you here. I know about your work because of the Proteus Effect studies that you've done. I'm really excited to ask you about it. Um, so yeah, and, and you're calling in from France? Yes, and thank you. Thank you very much, Robbie, for your invitation, for your kind invitation and also thank you for your interest in our work it's um yes it's uh, very um uh it's uh, always a pleasure to uh, to know uh, to to meet colleagues that are interested in our work and also to have uh, the opportunity to chat with them so thanks a lot absolutely yeah i appreciate you accepting the uh the invitation because we've never met in person. We've only met on paper, a couple emails. I wrote in a meta-analysis on the Proteus effect. Um, I was familiar with your work for some time before that. I, I emailed you about that um, and recently a follow-up. But um, please tell me, how did you come to this topic and, uh, and a little bit about your background and how that got you to the place where you came to this topic? Yes, oh, of course, I can tell you the, the story uh, briefly. Uh, so, uh, well, I am a psychologist uh, for, at first hand, and uh, I, I made my PhD in a computer science lab. And during the, my PhD, I, I worked on uh, human interaction with animated conversational agents. So I was quite comfortable with uh, specifying the behavior of uh, autonomous agents. And this may seem related to avatar at first sight, but uh, actually this is very different because um, autonomous agents are controlled by the system, whereas avatars are controlled by the users. So um, at that time, I was not so aware of the, the literature on the use of uh, avatars. And after my PhD, I started working on creativity as a, an application field for interactive systems and devices. And in 2012, I was involved in a project which aim was to design uh, virtual reality environments for stimulating creativity. And I as I was knowledgeable about, about uh, interactive agents, I uh, got involved more specifically in the work package related to designing avatars. So uh, this was uh, this is how I became aware of the the purchase effect, which uh, had been formalized a few years later, a few years earlier, uh, in the first place by Ian Bylandson in two thousand seven, and um, but at that time I didn't know much uh, about uh, on the uh, about the underlying cognitive processes, uh, for example, self perception. But uh, anyway, I felt like using this, uh, this effect in the context of creative acti activities, such as, for example, brainstorming in a virtual environment. So after that, I, I circulated the job offer for a postdoc position, and I mentioned on the offer the, the Proteus effect. And this is exactly why uh, my, my now colleague, uh, Jérôme Guégan, applied for the position. And oh, wow. he is, um, well, yes. He is a, a social psychologist, and uh, he was uh, specialized in computer-mediated communication and uh, the issue of social and personal identity online, especially in video games. 
And uh, during his PhD, he, he had also written the first uh, paper, research paper in French, mentioning the proteus effect. So he was the ideal applicant for the job. And this is how we came to design a series of experiments with, um, with vir virtual brainstorming situations in which participants were represented by avatars. And um, as, at that time, we were working with engineering students and we, we had them embody avatars of inventors uh, because we were, um, we were trying to, uh, to, to foster a kind of technical creativity in this population. And uh, the, act, the effect was uh, in fact uh, striking and um, both the number and the quality of ideas were much better, much greater with uh, the inventor avatars with regard, for example, to neutral avatars or to face-to-face um, -face brainstorming. And um, our first paper on the topic was published in 2016. And uh, after the project ended, we both continued to work on the topic. And uh, Jerome especially conducted a lot of uh, complementary studies on other application fields. And uh, this, uh, this still proves to be very fruitful. And this, this is what I, I find so exciting with uh, the Proteus effect is that it's powerful, it works, and we feel we can really um, contribute to a lot of different issues uh, thanks to the Proteus effect. Yeah, yeah. It's okay, so you've answered a, a question that's been in the back of my mind is, um, was your background more in psychology or were you uh, thinking about it from the engineering and creativity perspective at the beginning? Um, it sounds like that happened to be the application area where you were working and then you were had this interest in the Proteus effect and the two combined into this really awesome study with such a good news outcome, right? Often with the Proteus effect, we can, we find some bad news outcomes, right? Like gender stereotypes lead to worse mm -hmm. performance, um, or maybe there's some, some identity um, trait. Like if you're taller, you negotiate more aggressively. Well, um, does that mean if you're whiter, if you're better looking, if you're heterosexual, like all of these things are things we can't really change about ourselves in the real world. And, and of course, we want to represent ourselves as we are in our virtual worlds. But as an inventor, um, that is really a malleable characteristic that can lead to benefits, cognitive kind of team-based benefits. And so I, I looked, I always describe your studies with the most enthusiasm whenever I do a talk on the Proteus effect, which is regularly. Um, so yeah, great to know how you came to it. And are, are you still working in the area then? Yes, uh, among different topics and um, um, among broader topics uh, also. And um, what I would like to mention is also that uh, we, from, from the Proteus effect, which is a, an individual, intra-individual effect, it's related to self-perception and it's related to uh, personal identity. We also, after that, we, we also declined the effect. Well, not, it's not a declination, it's something else. We also um, studied uh, the manipulation or the, the shaping of uh, social identity on avatars. This is not Proteus effect, it is this, uh, something else uh, related to so, so social processes, and in, in particular, the individuation effects, for example. 
But um, this was also very, very exciting because, um, in, well, on an avatar, you can, um, you can introduce personal characteristics. You can also introduce social identity cues. When, uh, so, so when you're working in a virtual world and you're in a team, you can foster social identity of the team and the sense of belonging by um, providing to each avatar uh, social identity cues and uh, and strengthen the the, the social uh, identity. So um, and yes, currently we are we we are also very interested in uh, trying to uh, combine both the produce effects and social identity effects. Uh, we have we have conducted uh, one study on the topic, but unfortunately it had uh, a lot of limitations. <laughs> of course we. We got aware of that uh, afterwards. And, this is your um, um, your behavior and information technology study. Sorry. The the study you published in behavior and information technology. Oh yes, exactly. Yes, this it was published. I am. Um, yes. So <laughs> I don't know how you feel about me disclosing this, but I might know your reviewer pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I see. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but I think it's a great study. And I think I've seen that theme in your Proteus research from, from the early stages, um, looking at the kind of um, clothing that the avatars are wearing, reflecting their the students' um, identity as being part of the school. Um, and yes. in, in the United States, actually, uh, I feel like this is a phenomenon that we are very familiar with, especially in universities. You know, you wear your university of whatever shirt. Um, and in the rest of the world, I don't think this phenomenon is quite as common, but um, but perhaps in the in the private school, engineering school, there is more of a social identity around it. So I, I found that very interesting to read. But yeah, go on. Yes, I think so. I think it's interesting in this kind of situation or, or social context. But uh, I think it's also uh, in, interesting to see, uh, well, you mentioned that this may be specific to the states or um, to a certain countries. And uh, I think that it also may uh, interfere with uh, culture, cultural background, for, for example, in the individualism, collectivism uh, dimension. Um, and our idea, if, well, we would love to study in more detail uh, jointly the, the produce effect on personal identity and uh, um, this uh, um, social identity uh, uh, based on avatars. And uh, whether these two effects interfere with, with one another, uh, whether they can maybe uh, uh, add to, to one another. We, we don't exactly know how they would uh, um, be combined and, and what the, the, the combined effect would uh, be uh, implemented and would result in, uh, in terms of, uh, of performance, also on, in terms of uh, social uh, identity, sense of belonging. Etc. So we yes we feel the we would also like to compare the power of um, personal identity and social identity, and I and, think um, and this will so, depend on the culture. 
on, on the participants. Yeah. So, so what are some of the other moderating factors that you think um, would play a role in personal versus social identity effects? Like, let's say I'm um, I'm trying to build some sort of system. Like you said, there are many possible ways we could influence people through the Proteus effect, but um, let's stick with creativity, but now in a business setting, I'm, I'm trying to have my, everybody like Zoom meetings, right? I'm, I'm doing all of my team meetings in Zoom for my engineering team that's developing products in the real world. Um, how would you encourage maybe in this video conferencing setting to use avatars that, uh, that trigger social identity or um, self-perception in ways that are effective for creativity? Yes, of course, we, we can uh, we can imagine a, a, a system to uh, for, for online meetings uh, in which we would not use our own representation, our own image to participate to the meeting, but we would participate in uh, well in the form of uh, avatars. And uh, this uh, so first of all, this would be likely to. Uh, to well to break some rules i don't know to to change to to enable to change viewpoints with with comparison to uh, now classical online meetings and also we think that we could um, we could try to um, uh, to decrease uh, some social bias biases in uh, in online meetings uh, for in and especially in corporate online meetings for example when uh, there are hierarchical differences uh, um, among the the members of the the meetings the, the participants to the meeting also when um, when there are some leadership issues when, when also when there is some social laughing, so, some participants may uh, and undermine uh, well or may um, not uh, contribute to the the meeting. Uh, in... And you think avatars could be used to kind of address those issues? Yes, of course. Yes, okay. of course. Because... And do you think do you think it's the avatar that's stronger, or uh, through self perception, or through social identity, or when? When do you have a sense of when it matters more? Hmm. Which one, social versus self? For for corporate online meetings, that I I think maybe the social identity cues are more important to to uh, to foster a sense of belonging, and also to to also to give meaning to to give uh, well to increase meaningfulness of the, the, the meeting because another um, another drawback of online meetings is that uh, well sometimes it's tired it's tiring sometimes it's not so exciting sometimes it's too long sometimes we, we are not motivated to contribute yeah, yeah. and um, maybe through social identity it could give more um, meaningful um, goals to, to to the meeting and uh, foster well contribution and uh, hopefully performance of uh, the meeting decision making I don't know yeah, so, yeah. yeah I, I think maybe social identity cues may be more effective in more this effective, uh, situation yeah. yeah that's uh that's really good to know I'm actually writing a grant proposal right now to look at the future of virtual meetings 
thinking about video conferencing, also virtual reality. Of course, I'm interested in avatars. Um, and we're we're writing up like like you said bias. Um, there's also gender bias in meetings, right? And, and like uh, turn taking interruptions, um, those kinds of things. With avatars, you could potentially reduce, of course, race and ageism. All of these things have, um, especially when you're looking at yourself. Uh, have you seen these studies that people who spend more time in because they're spending more time in Zoom, they want to get more plastic surgery? No. Yeah, so so like uh, self appearance dissatisfaction has increased dramatically because oh, of all these Zoom meetings. You're always looking at yourself. Oh, yes. So now there are these long waiting lists for plastic surgery because people, and it's like, That's well, terrible. you know, I could just use use an avatar. Like, do you see? I'm I'm changing the color of my my lips and my eyebrows here. Like, Zoom yeah. has these these very basic features. I mean, they're they're a little scary at the moment. <laughs> but it's much cheaper than plastic surgery. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, so um, so yeah, so it seems like a direction for you is the self-identity versus social identity. Um, are you still focusing on creativity uh, in as an outcome or are you expanding? Yes, we still have a lot of ideas to um, conduct further studies on, on creativity, but uh, I think, uh, um, and that currently, a very hot topic is also uh, online classes and uh, e-learning. And also, um, uh, well, now that we are very used to teaching online and students are very used to uh, learning online, to attending classes online, um, we also observe, I don't know if you have the, the, same, the same experience, uh, but here we, observe some, uh, well, a kind of flaming during online classes, uh, because uh, in, especially when students are in large groups online, uh, some students tend to behave more aggressively than they would in a face-to-face -face class. Even when they're fully identified, they're in a class, the professor is grading them. Yeah, uh, well, the problem is that we we teach online from uh, now from one year during one year now it's been one year and uh, the new groups of students who have uh, started their their curriculum in September we have never met them in real world we only know them online so of course we have their name. Uh, we don't have their um, their camera because uh, we cannot uh, for for reasons of um, well for um, privacy um, issues or yeah um, no not privacy but also um, uh, equity I, I don't well I don't know the the, the no uh, just to 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 support the the streaming uh, during the the class uh, oh because there's so many bandwidth yes yes uh, okay I don't have the the word in English but never what mind is it in French. Uh, bon passant. Yeah, bandwidth. Oh yes, exactly. <laughs> so we we instruct them not to put their cameras, uh, all of them, because otherwise it could it wouldn't work. So um, so we have their name, of course, but we don't have their images. 
and uh, with the kind of uh, of flaming this so is... it's uh there's a culture um i guess that's being created uh, especially using the side model um which you know well i imagine yes. you would say they're de-individuated and yes. then there's an uh, an identity of maybe antagonism that's being shared and so unfortunately there's flaming against whom what types of students are being flamed uh, well, it's uh, against um, the teacher or the learning situation, and when they ask questions uh, about the, the class, um, it's not in the same terms, it's much, much more aggressive, and sometimes it, uh, it disturbs the whole class. So, Is this, is well, this a, a norm? Like, um, is this happening in multiple classes? You've uh, noticed a trend? Yes, some, uh, several colleagues uh, have reported the same problem. Wow. And um, what platform do you use for communication? Um, for example, Zoom or so Teams. Uh, and so is, the, is the chat, the chat is open and is yes. the flaming happening in the Zoom chat then? In the chat or so sometimes uh, in spoken interaction when the teacher um, requests questions, uh, some questions are very a, a bit aggressive, aggressive. That's and so we think yeah I, I think that we could uh, well, we could compensate for this kind of phenomena with uh, the produce effect for example if we we assign a, um, dedicated avatars to to students for example I, I don't know if uh, if, uh, if students have very cute avatars or a very nice avatar uh, I think um, maybe it could work and it could decrease this kind of uh, aggressive behavior, but this is something we would like to test one day. <laughs> I think that's a great idea. Especially because now we, we need uh, very much, uh, it's a very hot topic and we need um, uh, online classes uh, situation that uh, should be the most efficient possible. I think that's a great topic, not only because it's relevant to online education, but also because it's relevant to the notion of flaming and yes. um, and kind of political, the, dis, the divisions in politics right now are just so large. Um, like maybe the Proteus effect as a means for Facebook to encourage more kind communication between members, um, that yes. kind of thing. And social identity also, I think, matters very much there. Um, so yeah, going going about it from both directions. That's great. That's really interesting. Um, yeah, so I don't want to take too long. And you've been super informative. But um, I do want to, I want to plant a seed, actually. I wasn't planning on asking this question, but it tells you a little bit about where I'm going with the Proteus effect, too. So you said you started off studying interactions with agents. Yes. And so, uh, of course, you must know the media equation, CASA work yes. well, right? And so actually that's my background too. Um, as, a, as a master's student, Cliff Nass was my advisor. So I was totally immersed in that world. Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's so, so lucky for me um, to oh, spend yes. that time with him. And, uh, and, and we were close and I worked for him as a research assistant for a year after graduating. Um, and I, I, I would have stayed and done the PhD with him, but I had been uh, there for six years. And so I, I moved to Los Angeles, but I stayed in touch and with Jeremy Balenson too. So that's how I got to know the Proteus effect. And Nick Yee was in the lab while I was a master's student. So I just 
I learned all this stuff. I was really excited about it. Incredible. Um, yeah, so I, I had this fortunate experience. And, and so the media equation um, for anyone who's not familiar who's listening is about, of course, a human and an agent. And the Proteus effect is about a human controlling the avatar, right? So we yeah. define avatar as human control. Um, I had this idea, what happens if I interact with an agent? It's yeah. not me, it's a virtual character. Um, so the media equation essentially describes how my social psychology, my interactions go, but then it becomes an avatar. So then I can control it. And I, um, I use it in uh, some sort of game or some scenario in which I feel that embodiment, that ownership over it. Okay. And um, actually, this one is, um, I, maybe I shouldn't say where it's under review, um, but it happens to be at a journal where you've published. Um, and we, we did this, uh, and we have follow-up studies also, um, where we've had people interact with this agent that gives you an attitude, right? Um, yeah. And it's either a blue or a white uh, robot in this first study. And then after uh, it tells you uh, disaster relief is very important, you go in virtual reality and you control it. Mm -hmm. And or or you think you're controlling another one that did not express the attitude. Okay. And afterwards, uh, we find that the people who controlled the one that said the message to them um, report more behavioral or sorry, attitudinal alignment with the attitude. Okay. So from the Proteus effect perspective, um, I, I would argue that your self-perception incorporates the attitude that you had associated with it when it was an agent. Yes. Does that make oh, sense? Yes. Yes. It, yes. It's, uh, it makes a lot of sense. And also, um, what it, uh, what it, uh, the, the idea it gives me that, uh, there, I think there is also an interaction between, uh, well, if if you are an avatar, you you embody an avatar, and uh, in the virtual environment, you meet uh, an autonomous agent, and you start uh, interacting with one another. Um, I think that um, um, the the effect of the the produce effect maybe uh, should be. Uh, increased because um, you have your self-perception first, okay, Proteus effect, but also maybe uh, because of your, uh, of the appearance of your avatar, uh, your, uh, the, the agent um, will uh, expect you, another, will also perceive your uh, appearance, your traits, we also, we'll also expect a certain kind of behavior from you based on your appearance, and uh, maybe it um, it may increase further the the, the produce effect because I, I'm not alone. I'm not only in, in a sort of self perception. Uh, there is also some someone else uh, perceiving me and expecting me a certain kind of behavior. So like a I theory of it, mind, almost. Or... Uh, oh yes, exactly. Yes, yes. It can be um, it, it it can be related to the theory of mind. Yes, you're right. So it's an it's an artificial theory of mind then. So you would build this into yes. the algorithms model for driving the AI. Yes. And then that would lead to some sort of convergence in the communication um, outcomes that now if I control the AI, it um, it reinforces the Proteus effect. 
yes, maybe it should also be interesting to to be tested. Yeah, yeah. So maybe someday we can collaborate um, on on one of these studies. Oh yes, with great pleasure. All right. Well, Stephanie, thank you so much for your time and for your uh, kind You're of welcome. amazing research. It's it's wonderful to have a colleague in this area like you doing top-notch work. So I appreciate it. Thank you so much for your invitation, for this conversation, and for your also for your interest and your research, your future research also. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I will send you an email um, proposing a specific collaboration based on this conversation. Maybe we can do that in the coming year or so. Nice. Thanks a lot. All right. Talk to you later, Stephanie. Take care. Uh, have a great day. Bye-bye. Have a good evening. <laughs>